All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome into the first Final Score podcast of 2024. Greg Swatek here with you. And on this week's program, we will talk to John Kymig, uh, coach of the unbeaten Middletown boys basketball team. Uh, Knights off to one of their best starts uh, in, in recent memory, playing really well. So we'll talk to Coach Kymig about why they are playing so well and, and just what makes this team tick. Uh, joined, as always, for our opening segment by my colleagues uh, here at the FNP Sports Department, Alexander Dacey and John Cannon. Alexander, you've seen the Middletown boys. Just We've talked about this, I think, uh, in a recent podcast or two, but what, what strikes you about them? They play really fast, probably faster than any other team I've seen so far in Frederick County. They get up and down the floor really well, and they, they shoot the heck out of the ball, and they shoot a lot of threes. Very efficient, and I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think they're averaging close to 70 points per game, which is by far the most in the county. So they're a team that just really loves to push the pace, you know, kind of run and gun, shoot, you know, shoot a lot from the outside and shoot often. And, you know, more often than not, those shots are going through, and, you know, that's it's that's kind of, I guess, what you got to do to do to be 9-0. and L. Oh, well, where do you think they fall in the pecking order? I mean, you have Frederick High, who's probably clearly our best team, where do you think Middletown falls with like the Ligonors, Oakdales, TJs, Urbanas, just in that group? I mean, right now they're second best, I'd say, behind behind Frederick. Um, I, I mean, like, well, are, are, they, are they playing soon, Frederick? Uh, I believe they're at the end of the season. I think it's the very last game they uh, they play, which is I believe right before President's Day weekend. So it's it, we got a little while till they play, and they could meet in the CMC title game right not anymore with oh, the, with oh, the new cool. large school small school right split. Okay. That's, so that's right i forgot about that um i i guess frederick would probably get god who's lee who would be leading that right now that like second uh second tier is kind of uh i kind of thought i mean you guys is, uh, is it north Lignor, is it north 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 hagerstown uh, six, north. six and yeah. six and three two and oh six and three in the potomac division yeah, so that's yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then Middletown, I guess, would get um, Smithsburg. Smithsburg. So, yeah. So they they would be split up, and I guess we I guess that's something we'll have to figure out later. What the what the whole deal, the whole deal with the now four conference championship games is, but uh, but yeah, no, I'd say they fall uh, they fall you know behind Frederick in the pecking order. I know they're undefeated, but Frederick's also played an absurdly tough schedule and. Um, you know, just, just is very, it's very clearly the class of the County, like we expected, but middle, I mean, middle, middle town's right behind them. And again, if they, I, I expect that game to be, you know, somewhat competitive and it'll easily be Frederick's hardest game, uh, you know, in the County this season. Um, but again, they, I guess we, you know, we have to wait till February for that. And, you know, I think the thing that really, you know, put me over the top with Middletown is I saw him play Walkersville, who I sort of presumed coming in would be second best. And they, you know, for the most part, I, I know the final. I think the final margin was six, but you know, for most of that game, Middletown was up by way more than that. They were up by you know sort of low double digits. So and they pretty handily controlled the pace and made Kenyon Johnson a non-factor. But they're basically the only team to do that because he's just been having a monster season. Otherwise. Yeah, Kenyon Johnson and Walkersville, um, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because I was interested in that Walkersville Middletown, just sort of how that would shake out. But but Middletown, as you say, yeah. didn't handle them. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, do they have any new players? Have they changed anything? So I I think guess the, the the biggest addition is um is James Miller, who I believe I believe was at Tuscarora last year, and he's now at Middletown. Um, and he he's their leading scorer. He's just pretty much lights out. He's you know one of these guys who's averages sort of high teens, low twenties, pretty much every game. 
um, you know, leading a, leading a very high scoring offense again. Pretty, you know, they get they get guys contributions from all over. Uh, but he's he's really, I guess, the biggest addition. Um, and I even know I remember noticing him last year when he played for Tuscarora. Um, you know, the the one or two times I saw them, you know, Tuscarora didn't have many wins, but he was always pretty high on the score sheet. Um, and, and the couple times they did pull, they did pull upsets last year. You know, he was, he was one of the guys who was, who would contribute in that regard. So he, he's probably been the biggest change. Not, and again, not that, not like they were bad last year. I think they, they, they had a pretty, you know, pretty all right season, but yeah, they've, I, I feel like this is really, I guess, taken them or he's really helped them sort of unlock a new gear, at least offensively. Yeah. And we'll ask uh, coach, uh, coach Kyming about that in, in, in a few minutes here. Uh, with Frederick, uh, they just went to the Governor's Challenge, uh, and they won their bracket, or I, I don't know how they break it down there, but but they had a good Governor's Challenge. And then they came back, and they took on uh, St. John's of, of D.C., uh, a powerful uh, private school. Uh, the game didn't go Frederick's way. I think they lost by 15 or so points, which was not surprising given uh, uh, St. John's powerhouse status, but I'm sure it was a good learning experience and uh sort of showed frederick sort of where they stand in the in the ultimate pecking order i guess yeah and and i know this like like we've kind of mentioned before this is what amani hill wanted and and he's got at least there's at least one more private school in the schedule i think it comes later in january it's some some school in baltimore that i'm blanking on right now but yeah like like kind of running through all these really tough out of you know out of conference out of county, out of state games, and in this case, getting some getting some private schools in there. I think they have Gretty. I know Gretty's Gretty's down, and apparently, I guess they're closing. But I think they they got Gretty in a week or two as you, well. You saw that game last year, right, John? Or? Yeah, it was a great game. But like uh, Alexander said, they're they're going to be closing soon. So they've had a lot of people kind of jump ship and uh, go to other Washington County schools this year, be it North Hagerstown so, or so, Smithsburg. So Frederick yeah. has two losses now, right? They yes. lost to uh, Jefferson, West Virginia, yeah. who's a very good. Uh, public school team there. Frederick maybe didn't play its best game, which maybe mm. contributed to that loss, although not taking anything away from Jefferson. And now they lost to a powerhouse DC uh, private school. I mean, quite frankly, for as great as Frederick is, I would have been floored if they beat St. John's. I mean, the only teams beating St. John's are like the DeMathas of the world and the other, you know, very, very elite. Like that's that's perennially a top 15 team in the country. Um, and, and I mean, I will also say kudos to Frederick cause they, they, they led they led for, you know, a little, you know, after the first quarter and a little bit into the second quarter. And it's not, I don't think it's like the game ever got, you know, fi- I mean, 15 is a pretty comfortable win, but I don't think the game ever got in the total blowout status. So, you know, I good for Frederick hanging in there. And, and like I said, I mean, they're, they're probably one of the only public school teams, if not the only public school team in Maryland facing a team like that. Uh, and you know, the first we were looking back in, in the and John was John was looking back at the archives first time, at least that we can remember a WCAC team facing one of our county public school teams in what, twenty five years? I mean I mean TJ used to play DeMath uh, yeah. through the nineteen nineties. I can't remember another one yeah, They were playing so. like Oak Hill Academy too, weren't they, John, during the yeah, during funny. the height of the Tom Dickman TJ days? Yeah, the, the year they won their state title, uh their last state title. Um, and it was Dickman was the coach. He actually played Oak Hill, and that was their only loss that year. And they lost by, it might have been twenty. I know that was, was like, Car- Carmelo Anthony wasn't there, was he? No, uh, I don't think it, he went to it, Oak Hill. It, it, yeah. Did he? He was Towson, Towson, uh, Towson Catholic or something. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah okay. He, he was not there on that team. Okay. Actually, I think Steve Blake was on that Oak Hill team. If you remember him, Maryland's point guard, right. eventual point guard. 
Um, and, and TJ was competitive in that game, and they that was their only loss the entire year. So <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, on the girls' side, Frederick seems to be the class of uh, the county uh, in girls basketball too. John nine and one. I guess they just suffered their first loss the other day in a holiday tournament or Frederick girls. Yeah, they did. Um, I have yet to see them this year, but they have a freshman who's really tearing it up. Um, Marley Williams. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, haven't seen a whole lot of, a lot of games. I, I did catch Catoctin or our number two team last week and they just had a really bad shooting yeah. night against uh, Clarksburg. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about that because Catoctin is number two on, in mm-hmm. our prep page uh, came out. Our first prep page of the winter season is out uh, this week in, in Thursday's paper. And it struck me that Catoctin was number two ahead of a a, a, a Ligonor and uh, even an Oakdale. Yeah, they like to run. That's their mo. And of course, they they face Clarksburg, who also likes to run. And neither team shot well at all. And and something that emerged throughout the game. The game was at Hood College. It was a, a tournament game. Holiday it was, tournament. It was like a nine p.m. game. Wasn't it a weird time mm-hmm. too? Yeah. And now, of course, remember a few years back they changed the college three point line. So on that court. You've got two different three-point lines, and a lot of the Catoctin girls were shooting from the college three-point line. So they, they had trouble making layups a lot of the night, but, I mean, the last thing they needed to do was add an extra foot to their, their three-pointers, um, and they, that's something that kind of emerged throughout the game, and I guess they have to get used to that, that new line when they if they play there again in one of those. Uh, they usually have the CMC games there as well. So Yeah, Frederick 9-1 and one girls basketball, Catoctin 8-1, 2-0 uh, in the Antietam division. Uh, Middletown uh, with with Chris Crevas back in charge of seven and two two and zero oh. that could, that could be a CMC small school title mm-hmm. game uh, is, is it sort of shaping up to be right now. Right. Uh, leading scorer is uh, Taylor Smith, uh, the, the the great pitcher. I guess you can't strike anyone out playing basketball, but but you, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but but you can certainly uh, well uh, uh, hurt hurt another team by by making some shots. And Taylor's averaging over twelve points a game. She seems to be doing that. So she far. gets a lot of those the foul line. She uh, isn't afraid of contact. And I, I know a lot of times I think Jess Valentine's if she's in the stand, she's kind of kind of wincing. <laughs> Taylor. Furiously goes through that lane and looks to draw contact, which she does. I, I distinctly remember a photo we have uh, we've had in the last month of some girl like wrenching on Taylor Smith's mm-hmm. arm uh, in, in a basketball game, yeah, yeah. and I can't and I can't imagine anyone sort of feels great looking at that photo, uh, given that her future is certainly uh, uh, on, on, on the softball diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, more more so than a basketball court. So not not I'm not knocking her as a basketball player at all. Don't take that the wrong way. Right. But but yeah, <laughs> you see some of those photos and mm-hmm. some of those fouls she probably takes or uh, stom- yeah. stomach turning for 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 a few in in in, in the audience there. Yeah, she doesn't hold <clears> back <throat> and too. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, good for her, I guess. <laughs> so, so Frederick Catoctin, and then we, uh, I guess, Ligonor and Oakdale are. are Oakdale's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know Coach Healy, uh, Rob Healy's a regular listener. He loves when we <laughs> shout him out here on the podcast. So, right. so hi, Coach Healy. How are you? Um, and and I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll get a message about it in, in the next couple of days. But 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 Oakdale, they've been they've been hanging in there. It seems. Well, well, the story with them is, I mean, Sky Bayless, who was their best player, has not played yet. She's been out with a broken ankle. Um, she might be back. If she is back, it's going to be much later in the season. Uh, and they've still been playing at a really good level. I mean, she she did everything for them. She was a, she could shoot. She could drive. She excellent distributor. She could get rebounds, steals. Um, and they're still winning without her. So that's uh, that says a lot for the system that they have. And we'll see. I mean, if they somehow get her back and they're still playing at a decent level, 
they could really, you know, uh, turn some heads come playoff time. And, and Lincoln, I guess, was dealing with maybe an injury or two. Or yeah, Tristan um, Colburn, you were at that. Were you at that game? Yeah, yeah. When they uh, they played Frederick uh, two weeks ago, and she like about a minute into the game just like landed really weird, and like I think she blew out her knee. I don't exactly know the specific injury, but it it, lo- it looked like probably an ACL. So, um, yeah, that's that's a pretty huge loss for for them. But I mean, they they again, they're also fairly fairly deep I, I know you i know you've seen mm-hmm. them as well john so right. um they, they'll have to you know plug and play to to, to make up for that one actually i saw uh, oakdale beat them that was a really quality win for for oakdale uh so yeah we, we talked about a lot of a lot of really good players i mean sydney husky's been a little either under the weather or kind of hobbled for some games our top players and girls have uh have had some injury issues or health issues early in the season so uh, any, any contenders? Uh, Catoctin, I guess, in in one A, John. Yeah. And, they, uh, Frederick, I, I guess, could get into the mix in three uh, A. Yeah, I, I would guess so. But Catoctin's got to shoot better than they did last week against uh, Clarksburg. But hey, everybody has an off night. I'll also just mention Frederick's now in four A, so I don't know. Excuse the, me. 4A, so I don't know right. what the four A like bracket looks like but that'll probably be an added added challenge right. for them uh boys frederick certainly a contender. yeah I, uh, frederick might be the best public school team in the state i uh, yeah. I, I saw that they beat city college uh, pretty, pretty pretty handily yeah. and city college is like always in that state well, final I mean, mix city city won 3a last year and was undefeated like if frederick had gotten past damascus in that in that semi that's who they would have faced um and they, and they beat city but, by like double digits yeah too. it was like yeah. four it was 65 51 i think it was a 14-ish point win, something something around there. Um, but, yeah, no, like like Fre- Frederick might legitimately be the best public school team in the state this they, year. They, they've, they've added a great player, but has everyone mm-hmm. else gotten better? David Dorsey, Elwin Murdlaw? It, it's um, funny. I, I was talking with John about this earlier today in the newsroom. Like, J.J. Addison, who's a sophomore they added, who's, who is from Frederick. He, he went to a private school. I think it was Bishop O'Connell before, and then he transferred back. Frederick is his home school. Um He's probably their best slash most well-rounded player right now, but their one through seven is so consistent and so even and so good at just everything and so poised that, you you know, not all these guys are kind of having the big gaudy like numbers, like how, you know, last year Elwin was getting, you know, every game he was scoring like 20 plus. He's not really getting that this year, but it's not mattering because everybody's kind of distributing and sharing the, the load so evenly. So you're you're not maybe not getting guys with like the totally gaudy stat lines, but everybody's just super solid and just doing all doing everything right. And I mean that, and and again, that's what you need. And the fact that, like I said, you know, one through seven, there's not not much of a drop off. It's a very you know elite you know you know rotation there and they have more guys on the bench they can go to if they need but yeah like Ivan Kahata yeah. is not even in the starting lineup right? uh, so I, I found out apparently that was because he was he he got I guess he was hurt in the offseason so he was coming okay. back from an injury okay. he's now in the starting lineup and again he's shooting threes like usual uh, so let me let me ask you last year I mean the threes were the, that was their bread and butter yeah. I mean is that still the case or do they have other so not I saw them uh the other night against Oakdale they, I think they made 25 baskets and only one was a three. Hmm. So they can, uh, but then I also saw them against TJ at the end of December. I think they had a, they had more threes in that game. So mm-hmm. they, they can kind of just score from wherever. They can kind of play from wherever, win from wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and their de- their defense is really tough. Again, just it, it does help that they basically have like probably the three or four, you know, three or four of the <clears> best <throat> athletes, just pure athletes period of the entire county, you know, and just people who are bigger and, 
you know, bigger and, and longer and, and, and faster than everybody else. But yeah, they're, they're I mean, they're making other good public school teams look fairly average. Yes, that yes, which is which is a sign that you know you've you've got you've got something going. I mean, again, they haven't lost to a you know, Maryland public school team in the regular season and probably closing in on two years at this point. So in, in the regular season. In the regular season. Right. They yeah, lost yeah, they, they did lost lose Damascus. to Damascus. Yeah. Right. That was their only loss yeah. last year. So uh, you'll you'll see these rankings uh, on our prep page in the Thursday paper. Boys basketball. Uh, again, this is the first one uh, of of the winter season. They'll they'll change as the season goes on. We'll talk about it here. Boys basketball: Frederick, Middletown, Walkersville, TJ. Who would you like in a Walkersville TJ boys game? I mean, the rankings say Walkersville right yeah, now, but, but I it mean, would be pretty close, right? It would be because again, TJ's only losses are Frederick, Bullis, and then some. I forget who it was, but some really good school in a um, in a tournament, a holiday tournament. So, you know, they're they're quite good. They see, you know, it seems, or at least like they seem to have gotten off to another really good start. And I I don't know, like I said, I don't know if they have anyone who can play with Kenyon Johnson, but they might be a little more well rounded. So I don't know that, that I'd be very curious because again, I caught. I caught both Walkersville and TJ. I think I caught them on back-to-back nights, but it was not one of for each each team. It was not one of their you know best performances because they lost. They, I mean, they lost to their rival, who you know who just so happened to be the top two teams in the county. So I actually don't know if they play this year. I'll have to look at the schedule for that. But that would be very interesting because I, I I don't know if I can make a definitive call. On that Have right Frederick now. and Walkersville played? No, uh, and again, they, they played early last year, and Walkerville gave them one of the, their best games of the season. I mean, yeah, that I mean that was the toughest you know public school team I think Frederick faced because you had Kenny all John, year. and you had Shea yeah. Woolaway uh, too. The other the other right. big, the other big for Walkersville last year. Yeah, so right. I, I don't think Frederick had a I don't believe Frederick had a harder regular season public school game than that. Uh, and then again in the CMC they had a, it was competitive. So I'd say. I actually, like I said, I don't know if they play something. I have to go look at the schedule. I'd imagine they do at some point, but I, I also don't 100 percent know because I know I know I know Fred. I know at least for Frederick, they've intentionally tried to you know. I, I don't want to say minimize the county the county games, but they, I guess they wanted to maximize their out of county potential and playing a lot of these you know really good public school teams or really good private school teams, you know, just so they can sort of be ready when the time comes because they really are kind of just that's much further above everybody else um, right now in, in the county. So they, you know, it, it, it does really help them more to play, again, play teams like a like a, like a St. John's or, right. a, um, hmm. you know, or, or Jefferson or City College or whoever, you know, whoever teams like that. Right. So boys basketball, Frederick Middletown, Walkersville, TJ at the moment. Girls, we have... Frederick Catoctin, Ligonor Oakdale, uh, and wrestling. Uh, Ligonor uh, returning uh, 3A uh, dual champs. One Middletown right there with them uh, at two. Um, uh, third team uh, would be uh, Tuscarora uh, off to a good start. And I, and I think, do we, we rank four teams, Sean? Uh, I think we went with three this week. Three. Uh, we could do four. Uh, uh, we could, we could maybe add a fourth uh, yeah. next week. But, but I, I think... Thus far, early in the season, Lincolnor, Middletown, and Tuscarora have sort of separated themselves from the pack uh, in wrestling. And then uh, in track, uh, county championships and CMCs will be coming up pretty soon because the track season uh, it, it comes it comes to a head in, in mid February with with the state uh, finals. 
Uh, before we go and get to the coach, uh, John Kymick, guys, I did want to uh, point out this result. Uh, Alexander, you saw Hood College. The men uh, play Widener, a, a, a ranked team um, in Division Three, right? Yes. And Hood had a, a resounding uh, win uh, for, for Coach Dickman and his players. Yeah, they uh, they won 95-70. to 70. It was their best. They shot 54.5% from three, which is their highest mark in five years. And it was the assists, too. Uh, yeah, and they uh, they. 27 assists which tied a single game uh, team record so they you know they pretty much picked their right time to have their most efficient game in a very long time because I, unusually for Hood they've been very inefficient shooting threes they're only they were only about 30 percent entering uh you know entering um Wednesday uh, entering Wednesday's game against Widener which you know Chad Dickman sort of said on the you know you know obviously it's concerning but on on one hand but on the other hand they're eight, they were eight and they're now nine and two and they're you know they might they might be ranked next week given given this win or they'll at least be receiving votes in the who have they who have they lost to uh, they lost to Mary Washington and I think Stevens uh, I believe Stevens was the other one and those are both um, you know kind of borderline top twenty five teams so they so they're 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 playing you know they're the, again those those are their two losses and then they beat um you know Widener and then they they also beat a uh, Catholic who was ranked at the time so, <coughs> they, so they play the tough teams well because yeah. when Randolph Macon came at the start of last season when they were like number one in the country uh, Hood took them to overtime it wasn't so. yeah they took them like triple overtime well, yeah, like, I think that was a three yeah. overtime game yeah, yeah. So, so they so they play good teams very well uh, Hood but I, I did want to make note of that result so Hood nine and two overall yeah so. Hood nine and two that was the first first game of uh, of conference play and the the big thing the big thing with that was Widener was the preseason conference um preseason conference favorite Hood was I believe third in the preseason uh, preseason and, and they'll meet again I presume and or? they'll meet again in, uh, next month uh, at Widener okay uh, so, so, so so yeah they play everybody twice right. in, in the and, conference uh, Hood's next game is when uh Saturday against Messiah again at home could people come uh, out no, of, or is it, is it at I believe Messiah? that's uh, that's on the road okay Messiah is yeah. up uh, Route 15 uh it's right right off of Route 15 uh, for anyone interested in Hood College basketball. All right, uh, thank you, gents. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to uh, John Kymig, uh, coach of the unbeaten Middletown Boys basketball team. Uh, lo- looking forward to learning more about their squad. So stay with us here on the final score. Right after Frederick High School, there has been no more impressive team in Frederick County Boys basketball in this early part of the season than Middletown. The Knights are now 9-0 after a 40-point road win on Tuesday over Clear Spring. Uh, their coach is John Kymig, and he joins me now. Uh, John, so thanks so much for doing this. Great to have you on. Uh, just uh, tell- yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, it's okay. Uh, just Why is your team playing so well right now? Um, they've just been real connected the last uh, probably two, three weeks. Um, it's a senior-heavy group right now. We do have some youth, uh, but the holiday break – uh really brought us together we had two really tough games on the road against herndon and yorktown uh that we battled through and and came up with two big wins and uh i think we're starting to kind of starting to kind of gel uh with some new faces and 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 just playing together through the through the season you mentioned it's a senior heavy group did you see this sort of potential with with this team we did and they and they were hungry after last year they had a a I'd say a breakout year as a group uh, that played really great team basketball. Um, and this group of seniors really wanted to carry that forward. And they had a great summer, uh, 
most guys were at all, all of our summer leagues, all of our shootouts and, and fall workouts. So um, it's nice to be able to lean on seven seniors uh, this year, which has helped us a lot. Yeah, just just the way last season ended, just when when did this sort of um, buy-in, did the kids locking in, when did that really sort of begin in earnest? Honestly, I think probably a couple weeks after our playoff loss to Walkersville. Um, these these groups, this group of seniors, they're gym rats. Uh, as soon as we had an opportunity, they were calling me and texting, asking when our first open gym was for the uh, for the spring. So they carried that momentum from last year right into the spring and the summer. Um, and they've seen the benefits of their hard work right now, which is which is really cool to see. Uh, Middletown's not necessarily known as being a basketball school. I mean, it's a football school in, in, in the winter. The wrestling team has been so good that, uh, that the wrestling team gets a lot of the, a lot of the glory when, when it comes to boys sports. Just how, how do the guys sort of feel about maybe even a little changing the perception of Middletown is, is yes, being a basketball school. Yeah. I mean, I, I, being an alumni and playing there for four years, I, I don't always see it as a football school. I know traditionally we've been really, really great. Uh, on the football field, but I still think there's a strong tradition of Middletown basketball. If you go back and look at Coach Engel and Coach Lieber and Coach Jarrett and, and Coach White, um, we've had some success over the last 50 years, um, but we've seen a lot more success probably on the football field, Friday night lights, that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, your uh, success sort of gets like shoved into the background fairly or not by, by the yeah, success right. of some of the other boys sports. Right. Um, no, but our guys, they embrace, they embrace the challenge, and and I don't think they try to compare. They just go out and, and do what they need to do and take pride in, in their work and and showcasing themselves every Tuesday and, and Friday night. How long have you been doing this now? How long have you been the head coach, John? Uh, this is my eighth season. Eighth season. Okay. Has it felt like eight seasons? I, you know, I, I figured you were going to ask me, and I had to actually go double check because it feels like <laughs> I kind of just started. I'm like, man, eight years is it's flown by, but it's been it's been a blast so far. And, and, and as you mentioned, you're an alum. What 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 made you want the job? Uh, just the tradition. Um, after I got done playing in college, um, John Jarrett, who I played for, allowed me to come back and help out a little bit. Um, I got into the eighth grade program. And then when Aaron White took over in 2010, he brought me on as the freshman coach. And then I worked my way to JV um, and just wanted to carry it on. I mean, he he kind of lit lit a fire in me in coaching, Aaron did, that that wanted me to continue the tradition and the success that, that he got from Coach Lieber and Coach Jarrett. Uh, talk about growing up in Middletown and, and playing basketball. Where did you, where did you play most often? What what what, you, what got you hooked on the sport? And and did you sort of see coaching as something you'd be doing one day? Yeah, um, being a kid growing up in the '90s, we did a little bit of everything at Middletown. It was it was soccer, it was baseball, it was basketball. Um, when you, I got into high school, you, you played you played you played soccer. Growing up, yeah, just growing up. Did, did, uh, but you didn't play for the what, what's did you just play basketball for the high school or uh, did you play other sports played football and basketball in high school <laughs> you played football okay yeah uh, right uh, but yeah um, I just remember I mean it was probably third grade that I really found a passion for it and got to meet Tim Lieber through uh, Middletown basketball camp who was coaching our team at the time and really just lit a fire under me to to play basketball and have a bit and have a real passion for it um but no, I mean it's a great. It was a great community to play in. 
everyone's been supportive from when I was growing up till adult now coaching. So it's been a really cool community to surround myself with and to be a part of, um, which makes coaching that much easier. Where, where would you play most often? Would you play in your driveway? Would, would you go to the local playground or where, where would you uh, er, play early basketball? On, early on, we would go to Middletown Park. There was a, a basketball court there. And then in ninth grade, my dad had a basketball, like a, like a mini basketball court put in the back, like a half court. Um, so we'd play three on three. We play some one-on-one -on -one back there. And it was nice to just walk out your back door and, and have a, have a basketball right there or a basketball hoop right there. I, I had a spotlight in my driveway and I could play it all hours. Did, did, were you able, did you have a light where you, where you could shoot until the wee hours of the night? <laughs> we did. We, we hung some lights from the back of the garage. Um, which was cool because you could you could you could spotlight the basket and, and get shots up at all hours of the night or if you wanted to go out on a snowy day and and shovel the snow like you had your own little court there if you really wanted to and, and what you would play with your your, your friends or who, who would you play with most often yeah uh friends would come over i had an older brother uh who was two years older than me chris and then my younger brother who's a year younger joe um We'd go out there and, and we'd play and battle and nothing too cutthroat, but it was competitive since we were all within four years of each other. Right. And was basketball always your sport? I mean, you say you play other sports, but was basketball always number one? Yeah, that always came. When, it, when push came to shove, I was always picking up a basketball, if anything else. Okay. Uh, how did your career in education uh, sort of begin? Um, honestly, it, it all goes back to basketball. When I was working basketball camps coming through, um, we were always doing some teaching stations and, and just being able to work with small groups of students at, at that young age, I was just out of high school, it really clicked with me that I really enjoy working with youth, really enjoy trying to, to push something towards them and help them achieve a goal. And that kind of pushed me towards teaching when I, when I got out of college, I said, hey, what am I gonna do? And uh, it all, it all came back to that. I enjoyed working with kids. I enjoyed teaching and, and building relationships. So it just kind of felt natural to, to follow that path. Did you think you'd be a coach uh, always? <sighs> yes. And yeah, I just never really left the game. And it's always, whether it's been a, I've been a player or if things have gotten busy, I've been in a volunteer and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just ingrained in me to be around the game and, and people that love basketball. What would you visualize when you were playing at Middletown Park or in your driveway? Like, who were you? Who, who was your favorite player? Um, <laughs> uh, who, who was your team? Who was your guy? Honestly, I, and it's, I'm probably going to get a little flack for this. I was always a Duke Blue Devil guy. Oh, my gosh. But loved, but loved those Maryland teams as well. So I was torn. I'm, I'm, I'm watching those Juan Dixon and Steve Blake teams. Um, but I was also watching Steve Wojciechowski and the Duke Blue Devils whenever I could too. So now, how did you reconcile that, John? How, how could you be a Duke and a Maryland fan? It's, it seems like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. I know, especially I, especially back then. Right, and and both my brothers ended up going to Maryland. Um, but I just loved back then. I just loved the the passion that Duke played with. Um, but then you always, when Maryland's on, you got to root for Maryland, no matter what. Okay. So I, was, I always fall back on Maryland, but Duke growing up was, was my team, was my go-to team. Who were you, who were you on the basketball court? Were, were you, um, 
I'm, I'm trying to think. Oh, were you were you Shane Batty? I'm trying to think of guys that might. Oh have been gosh! In. So, so back then, being just being a, a, a thinking I was a shooter back then. Honestly, it was a backyard Trajan Langdon. Trajan Alaska, Langdon. All right. The Alaskan assassin is who I sometimes imagine myself as back then. Okay. Shoot, uh, shooting from the perimeter. Oh, uh, Juan Dixon. Were you were, were you yeah. ever Juan? Oh yeah, everyone's got to be Juan growing up at that point. <laughs> right. Did you want? Did you want to play basketball? Did you want your job to be? Did you dream of playing basketball for a living one day? Uh, I guess that's always a dream when you're that young. But yeah. as, you know, as you get older, you kind of get some things in perspective. <laughs> yeah, like like me, reality reality sort of takes over. <laughs> yeah, reality sets in. And you realize like, hey, I'm gonna play this till I can't play it and enjoy it while I have it. Do you still get out there every once in a while, John? Do you, do you still get a pickup game in every once in a while i i try i try to go out with our guys every now and then and and play either in the spring or the fall um we have kind of an alum i'll call it an alumni game it's called the easter egg classic and the halloween classic that they started 50 years ago on one of the back streets of middletown um so it's a big tournament everyone comes back to and that's my four or four or five hours of basketball a year sometimes is just playing in those uh, alumni tournaments. Can you hold your own uh, on the court still? I'd like to think so. You might ask some of the other guys. I might be moving a little bit slower uh, than I used to. Uh, but the nice thing, it's always fun. We always have a couple of our high school kids because we need a couple extra guys. And they always make it a point to try to try to go at me a little bit. <laughs> I was, so, was going to ask, yeah, do, do, your guy, do your guys take it, take advantage of the chance to, to give it back to their coach a little bit? <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's always a little trash talk if they end up beating me or, and vice versa just to just to have some fun. Are, are they impressed with you, though? They're like, hey, coach, could, coach, could, coach has some game here. He could play. Oh, I, probably not. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little burst at a time. Maybe, oh, there he goes for one possession. Then I got to – then I got to hang out for the next two or three. Okay, so so they 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 rib you and they they tease you a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm sure too. So. Oh yeah. Uh, where, where did you go to college? Uh, so I did my first two years uh, at Frederick Community College. Okay. Uh, played played for Dave Miller there, um, and then ended up going to UNC Pembroke, which is a Division two school. At the time, it was in the Peach Belt Conference. I think they switched to Conference Carolinas in the last couple of years, but. That's where I finished out my career. Okay. Uh, and you wanted to play in the Carolinas just because of your affinity for Tobacco Road and ACC and Duke basketball, or was that, was that, was that the best school for you? <laughs> it was just, it was just the right fit coming, yeah. coming down and uh, had a couple schools looking at me and got to go visit there and thought that'd be a, that'd be a good fit for me. Okay. So, so you went there, you went there to play basketball. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. What, what did you think your future uh, looked like when uh, you went to uh, Pembroke? Um, honestly, I was just excited to go play basketball somewhere. I really wasn't even thinking past, uh, the next two years. Uh, I was just excited to get down there and, and kind of spread my wings outside of Frederick County a little bit and, and, and kind of carve my own path in that sense. But got to meet some cool people, got to, got to play in some really cool arenas. So we had to play Indiana and NC state while I was there. Um, my strength coach ended up being, uh, it was Daniel Ruse who started the uh, VCU Havoc strength and conditioning stuff while they were there. So really came across some cool people down in, in UNC Pembroke. Right. And what were you studying? Like, what, what was your academic side down there? Uh, exercise and sports science. Okay. 
and, and you sort of had an inkling that teaching might be in your future or, or, or no? At the time, I, I honestly, I was kind of gravitating towards that uh, training, strength, strength and conditioning side. After I just loved our strength coach, um, Coach Ruse. And as we went forward, you know, he left and went to VCU and, and I graduated and kind of lost a little bit of touch there and got home and I really wasn't sure what to do. And again, all roads kind of went back to teaching when I was thinking and racking my brain on what I wanted to do with my career. Did so. you did you have an idea in your mind that you wanted to come back to Maryland and Middletown or were you open to pretty much any any possibility? I was open to anything, um, but came home and and settled back in at, at, with my parents for a little bit and then got into a master's program at Shepherd and that kind of that kind of kept me here. Okay. Uh, so you got involved with the high school program. You said, uh, coach white, uh, Aaron white sort of ignited the, the fire in you to be a coach. Just sort of, how did that, how did that happen? Honestly, and he might not know this. It started my senior year. I think I got injured early on in the season. Uh, he was our JV basketball coach. So I missed, um, uh, probably anywhere from like eight to 12 games. So I missed a big chunk of our year. And had and got to sit next to him on the bench, and just to kind of analyze the game and and really develop a relationship and talk X's and O's with him, and a little bit of development, that was kind of like that first initial. Hmm, I think I like this. Outside of outside of playing, of course, which I would love to be doing anyway. But I was injured at the time, and and then coming back, and he reached out to me when he got the uh, head coaching job at Middletown and asked me to be on staff with him. So. I credit him to for getting me into all this. Did, did you think you'd be good at coaching? I mean, did you think it was a viable path for you when when Aaron asked you to do that? Uh, I I don't know if if I thought I'd be good, but I know I'd I'd had a passion for it, um, and it was something I wanted to pursue and and be around young men and help them achieve um, things that got me certain places and and whatever their goals wanted to be. Uh, and help them along the way and, and create a good environment and a good experience for them while they're at Middletown. What have, what have you learned over these last eight years? Uh, how have you gotten better as a coach? I think patience. You know, I, a, a little bit of patience as you go through um, and just continuing to be positive and, and uplift these young guys and, and wherever they want to end up within the next two years, three years, four years, however long I'm around them, um, just continue to, to be a positive force to them and for them and help them in any, any way they need. Are, are, are you, are you a demanding coach? Are you a tough coach to play for? I think at times, I think on a bad day, I think they would say yes. I think on a, on a good day, I think the expectation is there, but there's also the freedom to be you. And I, and I tell my guys that all the time, just go be you in, in whatever capacity that is, because you're here for a reason. You made our team because you have some strengths that that fit our system and that we really enjoy. Um, so, yes, we have some some lines that can't be crossed, but we also allow those kids to, to be the best versions of themselves, hopefully. Uh, how, how do you handle losing both as a player and a coach? I think it's easier as a player. I think as a coach, you go back and as an as an adult, you're really breaking down film and you're looking at at, at things that you might have 
been able to change X's and O's wise, but, but I really have no control over it. It's the players that are going out there making the plays, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I've got to help steer it hopefully in the right direction. So as a coach, I think you look back and you're probably a bit more critical. Uh, those linger a little bit more, um, but you got to deal with them and move on no matter what. So, but I think as a coach, it's harder to deal with a, I think it's been harder to deal with losses. Really? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What do you enjoy about the process? Cause obviously it's a, it's a time consuming job of being a coach and, and, and managing uh uh, a group of uh, teenage high school boys just just what do you enjoy the most about the process of coaching which is not always easy right I, I just I love the the growth that I'm able to see within the long term whether it be a three or four year we have some three-year varsity players with us um, and just to see where they've come in this in this three-year span has been just incredible to watch and so fun to watch uh, but that's that's why you get in and it's the process. You're not in for just the beginning and an end. It's that the meat of it is the fun part of coaching. It's the fun part of teaching. It's the rewarding part to me um, to go through that with them and, and hopefully see them out the other side uh, and where they want to be. So, so you thought coming into the season, you had a pretty good team, uh, very experienced. Uh, you, you liked the group that you had. And then uh, in the season starts in early December, it's a Tuesday night, and you guys are um, at Tuscarora, uh, typically a strong team uh, in, in Frederick County, uh, and, and you're able to pull out a 73-69 win. Just what did, what did getting that win at Tuscarora do for just sort of the mindset and the mentality of this group? I think, and I told us this, I told our group this after, I believe, maybe our Williamsport game, there's just been some really resilient moments that we've had. Like we came out and we played really, really well. Uh, I think we were up at 18 points in the first half. Um, and then the bottom fell out and they got some momentum. I think they ended up tying the game up in the fourth quarter. It was a great environment over there. Their fans were into it. They were playing really well. And for us to, to get a really gritty win uh, on the road to open up the year, I think validated it's, it set the tone right yeah and it validated the work that these guys put in early on that hey we're 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 ready to meet some of these challenges that maybe in years past we weren't ready for this early on in the season and, and then you play south hagerstown again and typically a strong team a very strong uh class 3a team and you, and you win that by uh, 12 points mm -hmm. uh you go to yeah. msc have another double digit win and then you play walkersville uh an early season game against walkersville we know how great uh, Walkersville was last year. Uh, we we know how very good they are uh, this season uh, with uh, with uh, Kenyon Johnson. Uh, <clears throat> how did you how did you what was your game plan against uh, a talented big man like that? And and how are you guys able to pull out that six point road win against your arch rival? Yeah, that was that was probably out of the games we've played so far. That was probably our most complete game. Um, and obviously, Kenyon Johnson, he's a great post player he's got great footwork great hands um and you just try to do the best you can you know you're, you're trying to front the post you're trying to get some help uh from the backside and just just battle the best you can inside with him being being such a strong kid that he is but again we made plays down the stretch we were able to get out and run a little bit um but ultimately that middletown walkersville game is always a a a rivalry and in a, a battle no matter what anyone's record is but yeah i mean it was just again another game that 
came down to making shots and, and getting stops when you really needed them. And it was on the road, too. So you guys have shown some toughness in, in, in winning a couple of these games on the road as well. Yeah. And then, you, then you go to Catoctin and have a, have, a, have a fairly nice win there. And, and then you played in your holiday tournament. Yeah, you mentioned the, the, uh, the close win over Herndon, and, and you also beat uh, Yorktown uh, fairly handily. And then that brings us into this week, uh, January 2nd. You've had the holiday break. You're, you're playing two days into a new year. And then you have the big win <clears throat> at Clear Spring. Uh, just Have things gone better than you, you even anticipated before the season started? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you st- you start the year and you haven't lost yet and you're getting into January, it's probably a lot better than you expected. Um, it's been fun. I mean, uh, not really sure I set an expectation on wins and losses. It's just kind of, you know, we, we need to come out and play the best basketball we can that night. And luckily, we've held on to some really close games, probably four maybe five of our games it really teetered till the last four or five minutes of the fourth quarter so it's been it's been nice to see us battle back and and be resilient when it really matters with any winning streak of course you you never want to you never want to see it end is is there some pressure that comes along with keeping this thing going now like does being undefeated does that become a thing as as the season goes on not to me not to me, because I know it's 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 bigger than a winning streak or it, or all that. It's nice to continue to win, and we don't. I don't. We haven't referenced it as a team. It's not something that that it gets talked about at all in our huddles or anything like that. We're just trying to be the best versions of ourselves each day, because each game is going to ask something different of a scouting report, of our personnel. Um, you just never know what's going to happen. So it's just whatever we can do each day to get better. Uh, that's our goal, and the goal is to to be playing our best basketball uh, in late February, early March. Uh, leading scorer of the season is uh, James Miller, averaging almost uh, 20 points a game. Uh, tell us about James. Yeah, James has been uh, he's been great, and watching him score the basketball has been fun. He can he can really put it in the hoop. Uh, he's been great shooting the basketball. I think almost shooting, probably shooting over 40 percent right now from behind the arc. Uh, and then also a great athlete, able to get to the basket and, and finish some really tough shots. So to have a dual threat score like that is that's been a, a big help to our season and to to what we can do as a group. Uh, Brett Lucas has also been uh, been scoring at a pretty good uh, clip for you, too. He Yeah, he's been great. He was uh, he is a, a baseball first guy um, and really pursued baseball uh trying to go there to play college uh and he has just been awesome on the boards he has been all over the place uh off the glass for us and he's done a great job attacking the basket and finishing um so i'm just proud of him he's he's one of those three-year guys that's really making the most of his of his senior year you're not an especially tall team john i i I think your tallest player is uh gabe cottrell uh, who's six five uh, mm-hmm. William uh, Aikenbade is a six four, but other than that, it's like six three, six two, the six feet. Those are your next tallest guys. You you have a handful of guys that are under six feet. So basketball height helps, as you know. How have you been able to manage with with not the tallest team out there? That's been a, that's been a focus for us, and and we talk about it every day, probably at nauseum to our guys about just the focus on on defensively a body on a body and, and rebounding as a group. Cause like you said, we, 
the guy, like we got guys on the court at, at one point, we might have two or three guys that are maybe five, nine on the court. Um, so it's been a focus for us to really swarm the basketball defensively. And then for the offensive glass, we, we got to just send guys up there and, and keep balls alive for second chance points. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been a struggle at times, but, but we've been able to get it done when we need to get it done. Uh, I'm, I'm sure boxing out is a big theme during uh, practices and in, in, in games and stuff like that. So, um, and Brett Lucas, uh, he's one of the leading rebounders in the county. I mean, he, he, he grabs a lot of rebounds for you. Yeah, I know the first probably, two, probably three games he might have been averaging a double-double. Um, but again, that's just, that's just his desire to go chase down a basketball. I mean, that's no, that doesn't take any skill for someone to go chase down a loose ball or, or a long rebound off the rim. And he's really set the tone for us on the glass. What, what, what sort of potential do you see this team having? Uh, I, I, I know I'm being unfair. I'm asking you to almost put a limit on what, what you guys might be able to achieve. But, but, but just, just what, what sort of feeling do you get with this group and what it's capable of? I think we're really, and, and records aside, I just watch us play basketball. And, and I talked to our, my assistant coach, John Yoho, about it. And, and the expectation is high in just the way we play. Um, I think we're just starting to understand how to play together the way we want to, the way we want to play as a group this year. Um, we kind of figured it out a little bit against Yorktown when we, we hit 13 threes and it always looks great when you hit 13 threes, but just the, the ability to spread the floor and share the basketball and play basketball the right way. Um, we're, that's that's the goal as the year gets on is to really share the ball and take advantage of of our strengths as a group which is shooting the basketball and, and getting to the rim uh just glancing down here it seems like the media meteor schedule is still ahead of you here uh, you, you play brunswick uh this friday uh then then you're home against uh boonesboro on next tuesday but then you get games at ligonor then you have oakdale at home uh then you have urbana on the road walkersville uh, comes back on the 23rd, they play at your place. Boonesboro again. Williamsport, always a tough 2A team. Uh, Smithsburg, Brunswick, Catawba, and South Carroll. And then you end the year uh, with, with maybe your biggest challenge against uh, Frederick High School uh, on the road on February 16th. Not a bad way to, to get tested right before the playoffs, I'm sure. But, but, but sort of how do you look at the road ahead here? Um, it's January's tough. January is going to be a really uh, – it's going to be a battle. Um but again, for our guys, we're trying to take it one one day at a time. We're not. I'm not looking forward with them to the Linganores, the Oakdales, the Urbanas, the Walkersvilles again. Our focus right now has been just Brunswick tomorrow night, and and let let the rest come as they as they are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough stretch, and and win, lose, or draw, we'll come out in February and March and be ready for a playoff push, especially after getting battle-tested like that. Well, I think the county's um, really on on par with each other, and those are going to be some really competitive games. Well, what, what do you feel you guys have to prove? What, what are you trying to prove on a night-in and night-out basis? Uh, I, I think just, just at this point, I mean, going into the, the new year, just that we're a good basketball team and, and we play the right way and we're, and we're here for each other and, and play as a group and, and a unit night in night out. Cause you're going to need, we're going to need all 13 guys to, to get through this whole thing. And, and they've done a great job so far. What would you be doing right now, John, if you weren't a basketball coach? 
Great question. I I literally have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and and my wife would probably say the same thing. I have no clue what I'd be doing. I might be upstairs cooking right now. Uh, oh, you you cook. Oh, what, 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 what's your specialty dish? And, and can I, I come over and try some? Yeah. Probably the, the go to might just be on a school night chicken and rice. It's plain okay. I'm not plain Jane with me that way, but. Do you try and eat relatively healthy? Like you said, chicken and rice. That's a, that's a healthier dish. Do you try and keep it that way? Or do you, do you, do you splurge uh, every now and then? or just? Yeah, I mean, I'll splurge if I'm running around. The splurge might be like a subway stop or something. But no, okay. I mean, I try, especially during the season where it can be some long uh, late nights, uh, try, to, try to do my best to eat, the, eat as well as I can through this stretch. So, so you maintain your healthy habits from your uh, from your college days. <laughs> I try to tell myself that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just what do you enjoy the most about being a coach? Uh, I think the relationships you get to build, um, and it was really cool. And and I'm getting to that point now that some of our guys are graduating college that I initially coached when I first got in, and and some of these guys that are now juniors and seniors. Uh, that they're coming back and texting me and and wanting to come to practice or go get lunch or some breakfast and just catch up and and continue to build that relationship. I, I've I've been fortunate enough to build some that that we communicate every couple every couple months. So often we check in on each other and and that's just been so rewarding to me. Those are just lifelong relationships and and that's it's been fun. You get to develop that from when they're. 14, 15 years old to now, some of these guys are 22, 23 years old. Um, and it's been cool to see them grow. Do any of your players uh, express interest in being a coach one day? Is there, is there a John, is there a young John Kymig on, on your bench uh, currently? Uh, I, I don't think so yet. I don't think so yet. I know some of these guys just getting out and graduating there. They're excited to go travel a little bit, and 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 I know some have helped out as they went through college, uh, but yeah, nothing nothing full time as of yet. No one's expressed, hey, I want to come back and get on staff, um, but they're all still involved in athletics and and still interested in what we're doing here at Middletown, which is really cool. Well, hey, John, uh, thanks for thanks for jumping on and doing this. I really appreciate it. Wish you continued success. Uh, look forward to coming out and, and, and seeing you play uh, sometime soon. Um, I don't want to I don't want to make myself sound too old, but I'm pretty sure I covered you uh, when, when you were playing at Middletown uh, under Coach Jarrett. So uh, so so it's been, it's been a good long run. Uh, again, continued success. And we look forward to seeing how the rest of your season plays out. Thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Greg. Appreciate it. All right, that is uh, Middletown boys basketball coach John Kymig. Uh, team off to a 9-0 start this, uh, this season. Uh, play Brunswick on Friday night and then uh, get into the meat of their schedule really starting over the next uh, couple of weeks. So appreciate having him on. Uh, appreciate uh, Graham Cullen uh, for producing the podcast each week. And to my colleagues here at the FNP, Alexander Dacey and John Cannon for coming on and talking about uh, the Middletown Knights and uh, Frederick County sports. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. We're glad to be in 2024, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week.